0: Turn with me, please, to Matthew, the sixth chapter, Matthew six, and let's release our faith. Uh, You don't want to just hear from me. I don't want to just hear from me. We want to hear from him. And that happens when believers come together and look to him and when they don't just push their own ideas or experiences, but they focus on the word, what he said. So we're going to do that and believe with me for the Lord to speak to you. He can say things to you through me or whoever would be speaking at the time. He can also say things to you directly, not through me, but things about what was said. How many believe that even one phrase from the Lord can change your life, answer something you've been struggling with for decades, show you what you need for the rest of your life in that area, so... His words are life and health. Hallelujah. They're everything we need. So let's agree together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we agree together as touching and asking for the message for the hour. Utterance for right now. Speak through me, I'm asking, Lord. Beyond me, uh, use me as a vessel. And every, all of us give us eyes that see and ears that hear and hearts and minds that perceive and understand. Show us how it applies to us, how to put it into practice and into action, how it's supposed to change our lives. And we purpose not to be hearers only or forgetful hearers, but by your grace we'll be doers of what you say. And we know as we do, when we do, we will be blessed because you are always faithful to watch over your word and perform it in the lives of those who do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. means so be it. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, I want you to notice a familiar verse of Scripture to many. Verse 33, and then we're going to broaden and look at some context. And we're looking at some areas uh, differently than what I have uh, taught before. I, I believe we're getting more light in some areas, Matthew 6 and verse 33 says, Jesus said, well, let me read uh, 31. He said, take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things. What is most of the world seeking after? They're seeking after what they feel that they need and want. They're seeking after security and their desires and comfort. A lot of it involves uh, things, what we call basic necessities, where you're going to live, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. And much of what people do with the prime years of their life is working to get money, to have a place to live, have something to wear, have something to eat, right? And that is much of the world's focus from dawn till dark. And he said, don't let that be your focus. Don't seek after that. Should we take him seriously about this? Don't just seek after that. But verse 33, but seek ye, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all what things? All the things that the world is seeking after, working after, trying to get, all those things will be added to you. Now, that's not you adding them to yourself. That's him adding them to you by things he does. You weren't seeking the houses and the cars and the clothes and the jewelry and the retirement and the comfort. You were seeking what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. But as you were seeking his kingdom and righteousness... The cars, the clothes, the money, the, huh, what you needed was added to you while you were not seeking it. While you were seeking, pursuing something else. Now, many know this scripture, but not nearly as many actually practice it. And I know, one reason I know that. Is because the Lord told me that <laughs> some uh twenty some years ago twenty five plus years ago, Phyllis and I had been in the ministry for five years or so, and uh we were struggling financially i mean we we had gotten behind, we had more stuff than we had ever had we you know, begin to learn some things about faith, and begin to learn some things about sowing and reaping. And the Lord had brought some money to us, but we had spent more than He brought. <laughs> the long and the short of it. And how uh, I many know? Uh, even if you make a lot more money, you can still wind up in worse shape, right? And so, over the course of uh, two or three years there, man, we just kept getting more and more in the hole, and Got behind on our taxes and got behind on some other things. And we got in a real mess financially. And uh, I began to pray and seek the Lord in earnest because I know this is not the will of God. And we don't have money to give. And we don't have money to do even some, you know, small things that you'd like to do. Just in trouble. And uh, I began to seek the Lord earnestly about this. And he brought me to this verse. Matthew 6.33 and this is, I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside he spoke to my heart. And he said, uh, Keith, you, like many of my people, you know this verse, but you're not doing it. My things are not first. When you get paid, when you get money, you've got, you know, your house payments, you've got your car payments, you've got your insurance, you've got this, you've got the other. And then you realize I don't have anything to give. He said you're violating the first principle of prosperity. My things are not first. Your things are first. And I saw it. And I realized I got to make some changes. We have to make some changes. And a lot of folks quote this verse and they shout about all these things will be added to you. But there's no need shouting about that. Unless we're doing what? Seeking Seeking first. The kingdom of God. And his righteousness. What does that mean? I think much of the church. Doesn't know much about what that means. What does it mean? If I asked you right now. Are you seeking the kingdom of God? (laughs) How do you do that? What is the kingdom of God? What does that mean? I think like a lot of things we've. We've quoted stuff until it's familiar to you and you think you know it, but just because something's real familiar doesn't mean you understand it. So I want us to begin to talk about it. I want us to get into the word about it. Because how many are convinced that if you seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, all those things would be added to you. If those things are not added to you, what would be the first place to look? (laughs) <laughs> do you think there could be a case where you say Lord I've been seeking the kingdom of God first and you didn't do what you told me to do you didn't do what you said you would do Lord, did you forget what here I'm seeking the kingdom really good and you're not adding things Mm-mm, has never happened never will happen so if the things are not being added to us What's the first place to look? Help me out. Are we really seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness? And do we even know what that is? Well, this is exciting so far, isn't it? (laughs) Back up with me to the previous part of this chapter and see the context. See, this is not the first time he's mentioned this. In this chapter, in Matthew 6 and verse uh, 9, Matthew 6, 9, Jesus said, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What's the next thing he says? What? Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Keep going, verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Keep going. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. And so then see, you know, several verses later, in verse 33, he reminds you, seek first the kingdom. He's already been talking about the kingdom, hasn't he? Yes. And of all the things he could have told them to pray about, in these short phrases of the instructions about prayer, the kingdom is mentioned twice. I was watching, uh, this has been, oh, quite a few years ago, probably 10 years ago now, on a well known news program, a interview type news program. And there was a well known minister there who was being interviewed by the, the interviewer who did not claim to be a Christian. And I think a lot of this person, I'm not saying anything negative about them, I think a whole lot of them. But one of the things that the interviewer said. And he was talking about some other people and how they lived and what they were doing. He said, well, now, you know, Jesus preached love and acceptance. And the pastor and the other ministers and people that were there agreed and said, yeah, yeah, that's right. So then he said, well, then why doesn't people accept everybody's, uh, basically, their sin he's talking about? Usually when people are talking about love and acceptance. (laughs) The next thing is they're going to insist that you accept their ungodly lifestyle. That's what's coming next. And uh, But the preachers nodded their head and agreed that, yeah, that's what Jesus preached. Now think about this. Here we got somebody that publicly says they're not a Christian telling these well-known anointed men of God what Jesus preached. And they're agreeing to it. Don't let unbelievers tell you what Jesus preached and believed. Right? They don't know. As they said that, something bothered me about that that whole scenario. And like I said, these men that were there, I think very highly of them. And if they said something wrong, I've said plenty wrong in my time. But... As I'm sitting there watching that, the Lord spoke up in my heart. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but just like he'll speak to any Christian if you learn how to listen. He said, I did not. I did not preach. That's not what I preached. I thought, wow. Is that true? I did not. They said Jesus preached love and acceptance. He said, that's not what I preached. So I immediately went to the book. Matthew, Mark. How many think that's what we should have done first, right? <laughs> because I didn't hear what was wrong, as many of you probably just know. What's wrong with that? Well, either that's what he preached or it's not. What did he preach? And as I looked through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John closely, I saw he preached repentance and the kingdom of God. Those are the primary things he preached. Well, repentance is a very different thing from acceptance. Isn't it? Didn't say he accepted everybody's sin. He told them to repent. But he preached the kingdom of God so much that his disciples and the people that followed him had it on their mind all the time. And that did not change when he ascended on high. It continued to be preached the same way throughout the book of Acts and into the epistles, Jesus, Peter, John, all the early church preachers, all the apostles and disciples were very kingdom of God minded. Should we be? Yes. But what does that even mean? Kingdom of God. There's been a whole lot of things said and suggested that wasn't the same as what he Said, meant when he said the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God simply means the king's dominion. Hence the word, the combined word, kingdom. The word actually in numerous other places with the literal translation, it says the reign of God. R-E-I-G-N. Instead of saying the kingdom of God, it'll say the reign of God. What should we be seeking? The reign of God and his righteousness. Now this is a very different thing than the concept many Christians have. Many Christians have the idea that the biggest thing about Christianity is getting God to help me in my life. Come to God and get him to help you live your life. Get him to help you in your marriage. Get him to help you with your family. Get him to help you with your finances. And he is our provider. And he is our healer. But that's a wrong concept. That's not seeking his kingdom. That's getting him to help you build yours. (laughs) Completely different focus. How many... Do you suppose worldwide are really seeking his kingdom, as opposed to just trying to get him help them? Well, it's quiet. Do we want the truth? We want the word, don't we? Do you believe it's important to seek first the reign of God, the kingdom of God? And if you do what would happen? All, how many like the sound of that? All these things will be added to it. And a whole lot of folks just ignore the first part and jump on the last part and go, whoo, all these things are going to be added to me. No, they're not. Unless you're what? Seeking first the kingdom of God and His right ways of doing things. His kingdom. What is His kingdom? God's kingdom, he also refers to it often as the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Uh, Like I said, Young's literal, among others, says the reign of God, the reign of heaven. The kingdom is the area over which the king reigns. It's whatever the king is ruling over. Now now brace yourself for what I'm about to say. What is God ruling over right now? Many would say everything. And that is not so. If it is so, there's nothing left to do. There's no need to pray. Thy kingdom come thy will be done, because he's already ruling over everything. There's no need to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because it's already. if his will is already being done in its entirety down here, there's no need to pray that. Now, sometime past, the Lord gave us a series we taught on uh, you choose. And if you aren't here for that, let me encourage you to get that, and don't just take my word for any of this, follow me through the scriptures, and see if it's true or not, because that's one of the things that we, uh, we spend a lot of time on. It's common among uh, Christian peoples to say things like, God is in control. Of what, you say? People say, of everything. Really? Really? Do you know what the biggest enemy to the word of God is? The traditions of men. Things that men have come up with about God. That they have substituted for the Bible. God's in control of everything. You mean. Everything you said yesterday. God was in control of. Everything you did. Whether you ate cornflakes or raisin bran, God was in control of every bit of that. And all of the evil that happened on this planet last night and yesterday, God was in control of all of that. Well, it's just not true. I said, it's just not true. Now, He is going to be. I said, He's going to be. <laughs> I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit, but Revelation talks about a time when the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God. Hallelujah. And there's going to come a time when the will of God is done everywhere on this planet, just like it is in heaven. That's not happening today. But it's going to happen. I said it will happen. And you and I should be full bore working towards that. Amen. Seeking that to come to pass. Go with me to the book of Luke, the fourth chapter, please. Now, um, I'm going to kick a few religious cows <laughs> as we go through here. And if it's one of yours, <laughs> you know, Anybody know, know that the Bible said the truth will make you free? But you know, a lot of times before the truth makes you free, it makes you real mad. <laughs> so if something rubs you the wrong way, make sure you're not just thinking you have an issue with me and you have an issue with a verse that I read. Big difference between those two. Right? <laughs> Luke 4. Luke 4. Jesus had been baptized in the River Jordan and the Holy Spirit came on him in the form of a dove and immediately he was uh went out into the the wilderness where he was tempted of the devil you remember that Luke 4 verse 2 he was tempted 40 days and hungered and And the devil said, if you be the son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And he said, it is written. And and verse 5, and the devil takes him up into a high mountain, showed to him what? All the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And said what? Verse 6, what did the devil say? All this power, that's the word for authority. All this authority will I give you. Authority over what? All these kingdoms of the world. The devil is saying, I will give to you, Jesus. Now, much of the church world doesn't even believe this. They'd say, oh, that's not true. The devil was lying. If he's lying, then this was no temptation. And Jesus would know. No, this is true. All this authority of what? Of all the kingdoms of the world. He showed it to you. Like what? Kingdom like what? The Roman kingdom? Whatever other kingdoms existed? He showed him all of that. And he said, I'll give you authority and power and control of this for it's been delivered to me. Well, who delivered it to him? Adam. <laughs> God didn't give it to him. He's a rebel. But Adam and Eve listened to him instead of God and yielded to him instead of God and let him in. He said, "All that's been delivered to me and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Well, if the devil has the authority over all these kingdoms, how is God in control of all of it? I know this rubs religious tradition crossways. I know it does. But do you want the truth? Yes. Or do you want to hold on to what you're familiar with? Jesus called the devil the prince of this world. More than once. Second Corinthians 4.4 calls him the God of this world. Who blinds the minds of those that believe not? Well I thought God was the God of this world, some folks would say. Well the Bible says the devil is. Isn't that different from religious tradition? What should you and I be seeking?'re see- what does kingdom mean Where God is reigning? Come on, if you'll just stay with me a little while. We'll get to a happy place. Huh? But I mean, no, before you got room for some good stuff, sometimes you got to get rid of the junk that was in the way and taking the place. We need to clean out the room. <laughs> get the religious junk out. No, God is not in control. I mean, this should be obvious to any thinking person that God is not controlling everything that's happening in every government and kingdom around the world. Right. Why is that not obvious to us? And yet people will say, well, no, no, no. Now God is sovereign and he's in control of everything and everything happens for a reason. And and what's the reason? People are implying, well, it's God has a reason It's somehow his will, no, the reason could be that they're rebelling against God and it's got nothing to do with God. I don't doubt there's a reason it's happening, but that didn't mean it's got anything to do with God. We talked about this in detail in that series about you choose. and That's how the Lord leads us. One thing's built on another. This now is built on that. We're going on. And if you're thinking, well, I hadn't heard that. No, if I'm ready to go on. Well, go get it (laughs) and catch up with us and see if you are. (laughs) (laughs) But don't just say, well, I don't know if I agree with that preacher. Forget about me. Put your nose in this book. Go through these verses we're talking about. See, yeah, well, I've just always believed. Well, that don't mean a thing i got a right to my opinion. No, you don't. If Jesus is your Lord, you got a right to believe what he tells you to believe. Not just make up stuff as you go along. I don't care if it was great-grandma that made it up. It's still made up. (laughs) Or if your denomination made it up 200 years ago. It's still made up by men. And did you hear me a while ago? Listen, I believe the Lord's speaking this to us. The greatest, the number one enemy... Of the word of God is the traditions of men. Because it is absolutely replacing the Bible. In churches and Christians lives all over the world. And it's so subtle. Because it sounds good. It sounds right. People are preaching it. Folks have preached it for hundreds of years. And oh they'll get mad at you. And want to fight you. If you mess with their sacred cow. You mess with their tradition. But it either is Bible or it's not. Truth is. The devil. Is the God of this world. I know folks don't like hearing that. Second Corinthians. Four. Four. Not just that but Jesus called him the prince of this world. About three different times. Uh, We see it in the epistles. The same ideas there. And like I said, it wouldn't be hard, would it, to look around and see what's going on. What does the devil do when he comes? He steals. He kills. He destroys. Right? Is there any stealing, killing, and destroying going on in the world? Is that God being in control? No, it's not. How can you tell when God's in control? Or another way of saying it, better way of saying it, when God is is reigning over it when it's a part of the kingdom of God hold your place here go to Romans 14 oh wow is my time gone yes it is it's gone woo wee and we were having so much fun <laughs> Well, did you find Romans 14? Let me finish up Luke 4 because we won't be coming back there. (laughs) What did he say? He said, the devil said, put it up on the screen for us, Luke 4, 6. The devil said to him, all this authority. That word power is the word for authority. All, what authority? Over all these kingdoms where these kings reign and rule. I will give it to you, the devil said. Was this a genuine temptation? Why? Because who is he talking to? Who's also known as the king of kings. Right? What's in Jesus' future? All the kingdoms of this world. Right? Becoming his. We don't see that right now. But it's going to come. It's going to happen. And the devil is offering them a, a shortcut. Yeah. Right. Don't have to go to the cross, don't have to do all that, don't have to wait centuries or millennia. You can have it right now. Yeah, right now. <laughs> That's your flesh's favorite phrase. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't that it your flesh's favorite phrase? You can have it right now. <laughs> all you gotta do. He said it's mine. It was given to me. And I can give it to whoever I want to. I don't like to hear the devil say that. But it's true whether I like to hear it or not. Right? And it explains a lot of things. When you see the way the world is. And verse 7. What did he say? If you will worship me. What a thought. The master. Worshiping the devil. But he must have thought. There was a chance. Huh? Why even say it or do it? He must have thought. Now we laugh, but the first Adam and Eve, he got to do it. He got them to do it. He got them to yield to him. If you will worship me, all shall be mine. Was this a temptation to Jesus? See people looking at me going. What are we reading about? caption of your Bible up there says, the temptation. Jesus' temptation. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus went out of the wilderness where he was what? He's what? (laughs) Is this a temptation to Jesus? It is. It is. It pulled on him. Because this is his call. This is who he is. This is what he is. King of kings. Isn't he? To rule over all kingdoms. But he knows this is not right. How many know it's not just people say, well, the ends justify the means. No, it does not. Just having it done is not the most important thing. How you do it is at least as important with God. If you will worship me, all shall be that. What did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. You know, Abraham said that to the king of Sodom. When he offered him all the stuff. He said I'm not going to take a shoelace from you. Nobody's going to be able to say. They made me rich. Why? He wants God to get that glory. Right? It's not just what you got. It's how you got it. How you got it. So important. He said it's written. You'll worship the Lord your God. And him only shall you serve. And so he did not yield to that. But how many would say he is yet going to be. The King of all kings and Lord of all Lords and every knee is going to bow and every tongue's going to we don't see it yet, but it's going to happen yes. it's going to happen. Yes. but you and I can be involved in the advancement of the kingdom right now. Yes. The first thing that we're to do is to let him rule over us. Yes. Anybody agree with that? That's the number one. Let him, because he's not ruling over you unless you let him in. Didn't he say, behold, I stand at the door and? Does that mean he's going to just push his way in there, kick the door down and make you serve him? He's not. If you don't yield to him and receive him, he's not reigning in your life. So number one, let him be Lord. Let him rule over you. Let him reign over you. You, your life, your family, be part of the reign of God. Amen? Amen. And then go on a mission to get everybody else in the dominion of God. Everybody else under his rule, under his reign. Right? And let that be our main thing. Our main thing, our main thought, our main purpose, we don't just seek the houses and the clothes and the money and the stuff and the retirement and the comfort. What are we seeking? Come on, help me out. We are seeking the reign, the kingdom of God. We want him. He's not reigning over everybody, but we want him to reign over everybody, right? And everything we do and everything we're about, we're telling people all around us in work, say, Man, you need to let God take over. You need to, you, come on, you need to yield to him. Come on, get in here with us. It's not safe out there where you are. Come on. Get in. Let become a part of the kingdom. Become a part of what God is ruling over right now and people getting saved and people coming back to God and people getting healed and delivered that is God's dominion coming over them come on can you see this his control coming over them in a ugly evil world where the devil is ruling most there still are folks in this world the devil's not ruling you me come on say that out loud he's not ruling me God's over me I'm in, the kingdom, I'm in the kingdom, and the kingdom's in me. Kingdom's in me. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. I told you we'd get to a happy place. Yeah. Romans 14, in closing, Romans 14, 17. 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not food and drink. It's not natural. It's spiritual. But how can you tell where God's reign is exerted? Come on, how can you tell where God is reigning? How can you tell where the devil is reigning? Stealing, killing, destruction, despair, right? Condemnation, hopelessness, death. How can you tell where God is reigning? Righteousness, just take take the yes out, and it just right, right. It gets right, and there's peace, and there's joy, just like it is in heaven. Oh, come on, do you see this? You want to know about complete control? God is in complete control in heaven, and they have zero crime. They got zero disease. Come on, are you listening? Zero poverty. And the more God gets in control in your life, you begin to see the same thing. Things go from wrong to right. Things go from upheaval to peace. Things go from hopelessness and depression to full of joy and glory. Come on, can you say amen? And victory. Peace, it passes, understanding, and people can begin to see what's going on. God's ruling over there. <laughs> God's reigning over there. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not everywhere, but he is over there. Somebody say, he is at my house. At my house? God is reigning at my house. Up on your feet. Oh, thank you, Lord. Somebody say, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God.